I didn't want to come, and I don't want to be here. I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. My cousin is an Atlanta City police officer, and my other cousin, East Point police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers, down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta that even after becoming police had to dress in a YMCA because white officers didn't want to get dressed with niggers. And here we are 80 years later. I watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. So I'm duty-bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable, chiefs and deputy chiefs. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better. Right now, we don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. So this is where we are. That's a hell of a welcome back or a halfway welcome back. Listen, Linda, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about y'all because we've had some conversations. And before last week even happened, I think the three of us just needed a break. Like we just needed to sort of get our minds right and take care of ourselves. And then this shit happened. happening. Right. Christian Cooper. Brianna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd. And these are just the people that we know of. Think of how many right. people, yeah, that we don't even hear anything about. Exactly. Thanks. And then this fool that lives on Pennsylvania Avenue did a photo op in front of St. John's Church about an hour ago. Are you serious? Yes. I was watching the news. So... People are protesting everywhere, but they are also, of course, protesting in D.C. And tonight they called out not only MPD, but they also had the National Guard out or military police, somebody, not just MPD, essentially. And they were pushing people back away from the White House so that this man could walk the two blocks to St. John's Church and he had a Bible And he basically said that he was going to use, I don't want to misquote it, but a law from 1807 that's been on the books to basically enforce using military police to force these people to go home. D.C. also has a curfew at 7 p.m. where you need to be in the house. So there's that, too. I haven't heard anything about a curfew, but I've been watching stuff. So I need to go back and check my facts. But... And since all of this has been going on, I'm not really as up to speed on everything because, like, I completely get it how frustrated everybody is. We've gone through 
the same scenario a countless number of times now, but I'm one of those people to where I don't like to see it. So I know people have been sharing the video, see the photo of the cop kneeling over his body. I also saw something about this is also the anniversary of burning down Black Wall Street. So I saw somebody post something on Facebook where it was a body. It was um, a photo of a man that was burned to death during the riots. So I'm like, you know, that's just, it's a lot. It's, it's overload. But then there was also an incident where a officer ended up punching a woman who was in Baltimore protesting. So that officer has since been fired. But the crazy thing that bothers me about that is, one, not only did this officer, a man, hit a woman, it was a Black man hitting another Black woman. So it bothers me even more with the police brutality where it's somebody who looks like you. You know, just so we're super clear, this is not nothing new, right? We've seen this kind of a story where we have these sambos and people who have forgotten who they are and can jump in and do stuff like that. So I will even say for Philly, you know, we're kind of like you guys, we have a curfew. It's been crazy. I mean, hell, I, I wanted us to come back with the bang and we were not really back back, you know, but I think we all felt like this was an important thing to be on the mic and kind of talk to. And that's the only reason we're coming back in. And like, like you were saying, Elle, our purpose of taking a break was really to kind of recharge during this quarantine time. And so much more has happened since that time. So, I mean, I'm personally, I'm happy to be back with you guys, but of course it's not under good circumstances. Right. Philadelphia is going crazy, just like everybody else. We're going to dive into a heavy conversation about this because mm-hmm. you guys have heard my thoughts as far as why, you know, what I think in the way we're moving. And I think that's why mm-hmm. that Killer Mike speech was so, so important to start this show off on. Because right. I think it's, you know, we, we need to regroup. <laughs> we really need to regroup, mm-hmm. figure out what's the purpose behind some of this. And so I'm super excited to bring on these gentlemen we have coming up later, you know, after we kind of talk through some things because they've been on the ground in both Minneapolis and in Philly. You know, when you see that you have two people that are literally in the trenches, one where it happened. And then now we have someone that is a freelance journalist that can really talk to us from his viewpoint of even the recordings that he's been doing on Instagram. So we coming back on the crazy times. I mean, I wish I can say what we excited about. I, I mean, I, I think I can't even do that. I'm just excited to keep breathing. Because guess what? We already know that that's just a blessing in itself, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we always I say mean, that, but it's it's yeah. facts. It's facts. It is. Mm-hmm. To be breathing and in my right mind. Yeah, I want to be able to come back and tell y'all about the new job. I mean... You know, hey, we've been away for all different reasons, right? <laughs> but one of them for mm-hmm. me, listeners, is that I transitioned into a new role during this quarantine time. And you guys have probably heard me over the year. Y'all, wait a minute. We celebrated a year during this time period, too. I just want to yeah, put did. that out there. I mean, we, we, did. we did. You know, and it's so funny because I even think about that journey of us kind of starting off with the craziness. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> For the people who have been with us since May of 2019, we thank you. Because it was rough, man, in the beginning. Right? But from the Roach Motel stories <laughs> to today. <laughs> those are some good stories, though. I don't care. <laughs> but, you know, from going from there to here today, and I mean, you know, we all wanted to make an impact and not just talk. To, I mean, we want to drink. We going to drink. Hey, sponsors. We're drinkers. That's not changing. Uh, but we no. also want to, you know, give influence. So, man, I came back. I was like ready to tell y'all about the new role. And, you know, I, I jumped ship <laughs> and, and still trying to acclimate myself to this new role. And so, you know, we all took our breaks for different reasons. But definitely, you know, guys, I have missed being on the mic. I have missed being able to talk to you guys. But I have literally been trying to get my life together, get my daughter in this homeschooling together. We are at the end. We are almost done see with school. Light. You see the light at the end of the tunnel? I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I got an email today. The last of the work is due this week. What? 
Okay. So then what? Okay. For the next 10 days, we're going to bull crap with each other? Okay, cool. As long as I ain't got to do no work. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's been a long journey. And, you know, so we see some some things. So, you know, again, I'm happy to be back with you guys on air. I mean, we talk anyway on a regular day. I mean, every day, you know, but right. just to be on the microphone with you ladies, like I've missed it. I've missed people kind of sending me texts like, you know, oh, y'all said this or when did that happen? Like, you know, I missed that interaction. You know, listeners continue to follow us on Instagram during this time period. We're going to be putting out stuff. I mean, we're going to try to check in. But that's kind of how I've been doing. And like you say, we're just happy to be breathing. Right. Oh, so I want to go back to what I was saying about that man on Pennsylvania Avenue. So when he walked to St. John's Church for his photo op, and for those of you that aren't in D.C. or that don't know what's going on, St. John's Church has been around for 200 years. And I don't even want to say it was the protesters. I think it was some looters and some agitators set the church on fire yesterday. So it's been Mm. damaged. Yes. And it's about two blocks from the White House. So the man on Pennsylvania Avenue walked two blocks to the church and had police officers sort of push back the protesters so that he could walk to the church. A lot of people are saying he went down there just for a photo op. He did make a short speech. And in that speech, he said that he may invoke the 1807 Insurrection Act which permits a president to deploy military inside the U.S. to deal with civil disorder. So that's what he is threatening to do to the protesters in these cities who are protesting. I feel like not only the death of George Floyd, but the death of Black bodies and Black women and Black men and Black babies on this land since we were brought here as chattel slaves in 1619. I think one of the biggest things to really acknowledge is, yeah, I think a lot of this, you know, protesting and stuff kind of got started, kicked off because, you know, the the, the murder of mm-hmm. uh, Mr. George Floyd. But it also brought up the fact that, like, you listed the other people that we just recently lost in a list of people that we've lost in the past. Like, mm-hmm. I'm still amazed George Zimmerman is walking around here. I'm just going to say that shit again. Girl. I don't, I don't, I'm okay with saying it. You see what I'm saying? Um, you know, all of these people who want to go out the six, nine, Y'all, the enemy is here. Like, he's already walking around here while y'all worry about this little boy with this colored hair. See, we focus mm-hmm. on the wrong stuff. We focus exactly. on the street justice when these people are literally out here killing us. And I've been seeing mm-hmm. clippings from, like, you know, poetic people like Tupac Shakur from back in the day. Um, this sister, I just got turned on her, Tamika D. Mallory. Yo, I'm sold on her. Like, I think she's amazing. And it's just so many people that I'm starting to get open to that I'm just like, yo, we've been, we've been on the wrong page. And so when do we get back on the right page? And I think that's one of the biggest things. So yes, this is about George Floyd, but then this is even past that. And even, you know, like more than that. And I think one of the things I'm most upset about is the negative attention that this has drawn in. And when I say right. negative, not about Mr. George Floyd's past life, I'm talking who cares? about- Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? But what I'm most um, upset about is the looters and the rioters that are coming in and infiltrating this situation and taking yeah. advantage. And this is not just Black people doing this. And we've seen countless videos of other mm-hmm. races joining in, but in a negative That's way. white people, KB. Y'all, y'all right. be trying to make me say it on here. white people. Say white people. Say this it. Is well, I want to say my real time. word. Wait, no, what's my this, word I like to call them? Colonizers. No, nope, we're not doing that today. Well, the, these are colonizers. You said call them yeah, when it's, they, it is what they, it is. No, it is like, tell the truth. They are colonizers. Like, right. the people who... You think, beloved. You right. Yes, like, the people who... The police and all these other people who are trying to make it seem like it's black and brown people out here setting fire to these buildings and breaking windows and all of that, trying to make it look like we're trying to incite a riot and really what we're trying to do is hold a peaceful protest but they're trying to change the narrative that i have a problem with and that's why a real discussion needs to be had because america has yet to deal with slavery and racism and it's been 400 plus years and you know i'm real tired of oh well things are getting better 
things are getting better very, very slowly. Like they're not going to get better during our lifetime. Who who is it getting better for? I'm still trying to figure this out. Like I've been here. Like I mean, who is it getting better for? <laughs> I'm just so saying. I mean, as far as like what is getting better? Get, as far as like the jobs that we have fifty years ago, we would not be able to hold have these jobs. I said we wouldn't have these jobs. We said the yeah, same we thing. would not have these jobs. We would not be able to live in certain neighborhoods. So things are progressively but then getting better. They but are, but still, even with. But even with that, Shug, there's only certain neighborhoods that we can go in still. We can still go into... Well, I'll say this. We can go into the neighborhoods that we couldn't get into before, but we still catch stuff from it. So, yes, it's improved, but I'm just like, don't don't act like this shit is new, though. Like, that's all I want to be. Like, real. No, it's not. It's not and new. It's, it's no, just a like different level, been, but it's always yes. been present. And that's why there needs to be a real discussion that needs to take place about racism in this country. Like everybody's pushing, well, I won't say everybody, but people are pushing this post-racial society and that's absolute bullshit. Like there needs to be a real conversation and also we need white people to be real allies. We need people to talk, to start calling them out on their shit. I need white people to get mad the same way that we are mad. Like, well, that's where we are. That's exactly what I was going to say, Shug. Like, I think we are at the place where white people are starting to get mad and white people are starting to speak up. And I feel like the only reason, well, hopefully things will start to change is because white people finally see what we've been talking about. But I don't, okay, so I have a little problem with them statements. Like, I know it's true, but let's just not act like the white person is the white savior. Like, I just, I mean, no, I mean, that's not I what I mean. No, type of they're, they're no, not the savior, there's a difference but... between, the, between being a savior and being, and taking the blinders off and acting like this shit doesn't exist. Okay. There's right. a complete difference. They've I'll been go. acting like, yes, like white people have been acting like racism isn't an issue. And it's right. something that we have made up and that we have mm-hmm. in our minds and it only affects us and the shit is not real. The shit's real. And they saw it for those eight minutes and 46 seconds that that man had his knee on George Floyd's neck. I haven't no, seen No, he wasn't no man. He was a goddamn thug. I have no desire to see the video. I'm calling Because I'm kids. tired of seeing black people get killed. I, I, know, I don't watch it. Get shot. Nope. I don't I watch none of them. I see that. I'm not and watching the, the thing is, Right. Well, me either. But also the last video I saw, I think, and honestly, I didn't even want to see it. I was just watching the news one night and they started playing it without any warning was when Philando Castile was shot. I, I didn't want to see that. I was yeah. watching the news and they just showed the videos to me at Rice. That boy was 12 years old in the goddamn park and all they did was pull up and start shooting. But listen, here's the thing. Let me tell why I don't like to watch those things. I don't like to watch them because I am black and I already know what's happening. I think who needs to watch it is the other people. That's who needs to watch it. That's not a lesson for me. I don't need to see my people get murdered like over and over again. That does something to your spirit. I don't want it. You see what I'm saying? But you need to watch it because like you said, you all have been thinking that we've been making these things up. And mm-hmm. I had to tell my my new team today. It was so funny. Let me just tell this quick story. So the lady, one of the ladies is from uh, Minnesota, right outside of Minneapolis. And she's telling about her friend. She had a doctor's appointment today and she heads there and people are throwing rocks over the bridge, I guess. And so it's a little, you know, hectic. And so she was saying that the lady told her, oh, I don't know. I'm I'm really afraid to go to work. I don't know if I should go to work. I'm I'm kind of afraid. I'll let her finish her, her story. And I told her, I said, afraid welcome. What? What's she afraid of? I guess the, like the rocks, you know, she just doesn't know what's going to happen and she's going to get attacked. Yeah, the uncertainty. The uncertainty. Here's what I told her. Listen, welcome to my world. Welcome every to day. black people's world. Because we have every to think day. about every time we walk out the door, how we're moving, how we're like, you know, maneuvering through life. When I'm driving, I'm thinking about how I'm driving. How we how can with other people. Yes. How so we how we look, your mannerisms. Right. We have a fear, and God said, "Don't walk in fear." So I I don't believe in it. But listen, we are super aware of what's happening to us each and every. Welcome to our world. Mm-hmm. So you got one day that you got to walk over and look around the corner and worry about something. Welcome to our world. They all shut the fuck up. You hear me? 
I said it really nicely and very, and had a smile on my face the entire time. Don't play me like that. Thing. Why we got to perform? Why we got to smile? Why do we have to smile? Because we still have to so mad. Listen, because we still have to make them feel better. And guess what? It was so funny because my new manager, she's not from America. So she says to me, well, she says to the team, you know, and I said, you know, and that's why I have to think about what I'm doing. I had to think the the way I'm speaking. I said, because I I even feel like I have to work a little harder so that I can dispel whatever thoughts you had about me from the beginning. I said, and that's just the reality of it. So she says, you know, I know what you're saying because I'm not being from America. I felt like I had to be a little extra nice and extra do, you know, do things extra. She said, so we probably have, you know, experienced that in different ways. She said, but I'm glad you're saying this. And these are the conversations we need to be having. She's a real one. I like her a lot. And so the other one, you know, Minnesota was real quiet. <laughs> don't don't tell me about your friend scared. Ma'am, I give less than two Fs about your friend being scared. I'm just going to really say that to you. Okay? Because we are actually dying while you're just afraid. To go that to shit becomes a reality for us while it's an imagination for you. Right. right. Okay. So anyway... On that note, (laughs) I think it's a perfect time to get ready to introduce our guest today. Again, I'm excited. I mean, listen, one of them is from the home team, both Philly and FAMU. You know we love to have a Rattler on here. You know what I'm saying? I I, I mean, we just type like that. I mean, I don't know. Y'all both Rattlers too? All of us are Rattlers. Oh, of course. Okay, I could get comfortable. And and oh, he shares that crimson and cream love, y'all. He shares the crimson and cream love. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, this is going to be a great, let's just go ahead and get ready to jump in just from, you know, being on the ground and having a, a you know, a background and even understanding how to report on a lot of what's happening. I want to give a super big welcome to Tahir Assad. He is an international documentarian and educator from West Philadelphia. West Philadelphia, born and raised. Born and okay, sorry. Raised. <laughs> <laughs> After graduating from the Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University with his degree in broadcast journalism, he worked in local TV news as a photojournalist in Tallahassee, Naples, and Orlando, Florida. Old town. Anyway, for the last three years, Tahir has been working as a teacher in education while still creating content for his freelance production company, Virtuous Lion Productions. Tahir has written and produced documentaries filmed in Haiti, Ghana, and Puerto Rico. His most recent trip was to Ghana for three weeks in December of 2019 for the second part of his Going Home GH Ghana documentary series. Tahir is an Emmy-nominated and Associated Press award-winning journalist that has a passion for storytelling and promoting social change through his photography and videography. Let's give a super big welcome to Tahir. Hey. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Hey, look, did you hear them credentials, though? Did you hear them credentials? Right. That's my favorite part. That's why I love not dressing the part. And then when I open up my mouth or I tell you my credentials, it's like, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, I, I love doing it to the people. I just tell yeah. them I just look like this. Right, exactly. I love saying that. I just look like this. That's my favorite line. <laughs> She's been so, saying you know, that for a year since I've known her. Uh, always. I love it. Always. So thank you again to here for being here. And I mean, I knew about your work, of course, because I follow you. We in fam you, we in Philly together. So I've had a chance to interact with you and I knew like what you were bringing to the table. And then I saw you actually reporting on this on the grounds. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. He's doing this. I mean, I got a chance to see some of your work from the Haiti documentary. You guys, I don't know if y'all know, but he actually like did the photo shoot and stuff for our little Neos that went to Haiti for that. that oh, yeah, I didn't know that was you. Yeah, that was me. Yes. We went yes. viral for about two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. they all saw it. We all saw it. They just didn't know who was behind it. I knew yeah, you were behind I, it, I but exactly. Yeah. Yes, this is him. So, you know, again, you guys check out his work. We'll give, we'll have you shoot out all your handles at the end so okay. that people can follow you. But let's just go ahead and jump in into the conversation. I guess one of my first questions to you is, what was the impact of the recent killing of Mr. George Floyd 
out of Minneapolis. What kind of impact did that have on you personally? Honestly, I can't tell you how it didn't have an impact on me. With coming from my background, a lot of people do know and a lot of people do not know. But both of my parents are Philadelphia police officers. Okay, so when I worked in the local television media, it was extremely difficult for me mentally and physically to do that job simply because it was a conflict of interest almost all the time. But when you see injustice happening and it's happening to people that look like you, it comes a point in time where you have to do something about it. And I chose to resign from my job and make a difference by telling stories the way that I wanted to and change the narrative from mainstream media. When I saw that video, I watched it. I tried to show it to my girlfriend. She didn't want to view it at all. And I just started honestly breaking down in tears. Like that was my first response because I couldn't believe when this man was gasping for air and calling out for his mother and then seeing his lifeless body there on the ground and the officer get up and he just laying there lifeless as they were putting him on the stretcher. I I just, I couldn't believe it. Even if it wasn't a black man. How how was it okay to witness a murder on a camera phone and one, not intervene, or two, as an officer who was supposed to be a protector, not intervene? I mean, it just made absolutely no sense. And then you had three officers standing behind the car and the other mm-hmm. Asian officer kind of like, you know, the lookout guy. That, that That's mm-hmm. what it looked like to me. And when you look at the surveillance footage of when they arrived on the scene, Mr. Floyd was across the street. They approached him across the street and there was another man in the vehicle with him. That gentleman exited out of the passenger side. Mr. Floyd walked around. He stood right there in that business. They walked him across the street at the crosswalk. When they walked him across the street at the crosswalk, the view becomes obstructed because more cars pulled up, more um, police vehicles pulled up. The entire view is blocked. But the the only way that we know what happened is simply from that bystander. So... Mm -hmm. I said, how did he intervene? But on Saturday, when I was out there on the front lines, it literally blew me away when I was standing in front of these officers and they started to move towards me and I'm going live on my IG. And he didn't say anything to me at all. He just simply went like this with his baton and hit me right here in my rib. Yeah, I heard you say that on your live, yeah. When he did that to me, I kind of lost it, but I still wanted to keep recording. He then proceeded to push a female who was to the right of me all the way up against the wall. And then that's when I kind of lost it. I forgot I was a journalist. I forgot I was filming. (laughs) And I just kind of went into black man mode because I I was just completely caught off guard. And it, it, it hurt me. It hurt me because even though I know I'm not blind to the things that go on in our communities, I'm not blind to the way we treat it by the police. I never had any negative interactions with the police. I've been in situations where I know I was doing something that I probably shouldn't. I've gotten pulled over and I've gotten breaks. And this is getting stopped over in Georgia and South Carolina on my way back drive, driving home from FAMU to Philly. And it, and it was just like, oh, well, you're in college. You, you're doing something good with your life. Don't don't throw it away. You know, mm-hmm. so I took those words of encouragement and I applied it. But Saturday, it completely changed my perspective. So with everybody saying what they're saying about police officers, I completely feel the same way. I do. Because I've witnessed it for six years covering the stories of Trayvon Martin, like Philando Castile, like Elle said. It's just, it happens over and over again. We have the footage, we have the evidence, and nothing is ever done about it. So I decided that this was a straw that broke the camel that broke the camel's back for me. And I decided that from this day forth, I'm no longer going to stand on the sidelines. From this day forth, I will be on the front line. I will be an organizer for bringing change to our community. Mm. And that you have done. So, yeah. And you kind of touched on this already, but what else have you done? And what do you suggest that we do to get involved with these protests that are happening in our city? Honestly, I have a Twitter and I've had it since college, but I haven't been active on there until last week. (laughs) Last week, when that happened on Tuesday, I got on Twitter and I haven't been off. (laughs) I mean, I've been going back and forth with people about whether or not we should have allies or shouldn't have allies, if you should loot or if you shouldn't loot. I mean, it's literally just been a discussion. And when I've physically been out there, the main things that I've been doing is this. I've been observing, okay? I've been documenting. I've been photographing. I've been educating. And I've been having conversations. The most powerful thing that has happened for me while I've been out there is the conversations that I've had 
from, with people from different walks of life. All right. Something that I think needs to change is it's not enough brothers out there. When I was on 52nd and Arch yesterday, it's not enough brothers out there. You'll have people drive through on the bikes, on the dirt bikes and the cars and drive through and they say F12 or they might be playing some ice cube or they'll get out for a second and stand in front of their face. But no one stands there and no one holds firm to why we're out here in the first place. This is the problem that I have. When we left City Hall on Saturday Mm -hmm. and we went over towards Walnut, Chestnut and Market Street, when all the looting started to break out, I literally saw the individuals that was doing it. You think they oh, look like us? Do you think they look like us? Also there, they didn't really start with... That started it. It did not. I had it all on my live, right? But I lost it. That was my first time going live. So I was in the heat of the moment. I had no idea. I had a, I had a car on fire. I had brothers in dialogue discussing things. And I lost all of it. I lost oh, all man. of it. I experienced it, but I lost it. So that's why I said every other live that I did after that, I'll make sure I do it the right way. Yeah. Um, it was in the heat of the moment, so I just completely neglected it. I saw people, people, dressed in all black. All you saw was eyes. Literally, mm-hmm. all you saw was eyes. And they had bags on them, duffel bags. So they would walk up to a building, they would deface the building and write BLM on it, or they would write A-C-O-B, right? I wasn't privy to what A-C-O-B meant yeah, I until I got on Twitter after Saturday. <laughs> And I found out what it meant. It means all cops are either bad or bastards. Look it up. A-C-O-B. It's all over Philly. It's all over Minneapolis. It's all over Chicago. It's all over Detroit. It's all over Chicago. It's all over New York. And it's all over L.A. That is who is creating all this chaos in the city. They're doing it. I, I physically saw them with my own two eyes. And then... When I witnessed one of them pulling chairs out to create a barrier, you know how they were setting up barriers to like prevent the police from proceeding? Yeah. They brought out the chairs and I witnessed the individual lighting the fire with the lighter. I'm filming on live. Then someone approached me and said, yo, what are you doing? Put that camera away. Don't record this. I'm sorry, sir. Do you know me? I don't think you do. This is a white person that said this? Of course it was. I said, this is what I do. I said, this is what I do. I said, I'm not getting your face. I was shooting exactly what he was doing. But no, we don't need that. We're not trying to do this. I said, my man, this is my city. Mm-hmm. I said, this is my city. I said, what you doing is not how we create change. I'm all for being radical. I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, when you cause all this mischief and then the cops are coming closer to you, you're running. Mm-hmm. How are you doing something and then running? It makes no sense. Well, they've been cowards, though. Let's just be like, if you have what a do we... problem with the police, though? Yeah, like many of us do. Then stand up to them, make them look worse for doing something even more serious than what they've already done. I don't know what that could be, besides the loss of life. I'm tired from when I saw Rosewood, right? And oh, that white oh, woman lied. Oh, Listen, and oh. the white woman lied. Ever since then, man, I've been a diff- I've been cut from a different cloth. I went to Catholic school. You understand me? I was supposed to go to Penn State, main campus. Fam, you changed my life and gave me my identity. Now I know who I am. I can no longer go backwards. Mm-hmm. I had internal conflicts with my own family about their identity. It was people on the front lines that literally said, don't tear down my community, don't break it down. And then they started going back and forth. Well, we can rebuild this ain't our community. The people don't own it anyway. It's insurance companies about woo 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 The same stuff that was going on in Atlanta. At the end of the day, I'm going to keep it completely honest with all three of y'all. We have a problem within our own community, okay? Because all of us are not even on the same page. I'm just being honest. Oh, yeah, we mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, I'm definitely. Being honest with you, all right? Yeah. And I knew that, but I didn't know how serious it was until all this happened. Because what we need to do in order to really get the change that we're looking for is organize. And it's something so simple, something that they did in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But we got to organize, man. I was out there organizing on a whim. I ain't send out no texts or no emails. But I'm the voice of the people. When I'm a documentarian on the front lines saying, Malcolm, when he says stay still, the brothers stood still. They did not move. And they Mm -hmm. like, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. But they still backing up. And I'm standing there putting my life on the line for y'all. So it's a full circle to say, if you don't care enough about your own life to take a risk or to lose it in order to make a change, why should I? 
And I've been like this. That's how extremely militant I am in order to create the change that we need to see. Yeah. Now, I mean, listen, you saying everything I, I totally get, right? Like I'm I'm already there with you. I think mm-hmm. one of my biggest problems to hear I've, I've been having is like you said, I feel like we lack in the organization. Right. I understand the kids is angry. And I'm not talking about these these infiltrators. I'm not talking about them. Right. I'm talking the about us, that are right? actually doing it. Exactly. Can I, I feel like I get it. I, I know you're angry and you're just kind of doing things, but we have to understand like there are other ways. And so we have people that's going to be on the front line. And I think the sister Tamika Mallory like really summed that up really nicely on a, another live she did another day. We're talking about everybody has a role. Everybody plays I a role. Said, I, I was literally about to say the same exact thing. Right? Everybody we plays that role. role. We all play a position. All of we us can all be do. doctors, but one of us could be a doctor and take care of us, right? Or if we're in the military, you might be in the infantry. So you're on the field. You know how to use the firearm well. But if I get injured, you can take care of me. Yes. We're all on the same side, but we have to play our role. We do. I and I think we need to understand what the role is. And then mm-hmm. don't discount the other role. So I'm not going to right. discount the person who is standing on the front line. But guess what? Please be, when I tell you I need you at the voting booth, mm-hmm. let's not act like we don't know why we going to the voting booth. Mm-hmm. Why we going right. to the voting booth? The voting booth is because of the Minneapolis DA that said he needed some more evidence, evidence. in order to arrest this guy, mm-hmm. the killer. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why we go into the voting booth. What part of that y'all not getting? Like, what part right. of it are you not getting? But there then, are several ways to impact change. We need to support each of those ways and make sure it's organized. That's it. Yeah, but some people don't believe in voting. Then you oh cause another rift. Then you cause oh another rift. Oh my god, that's what? that's a whole nother thing. So I've been seeing people saying that you know how they weren't going to participate or because. Biden isn't talking about a black agenda and how we need to make them work for our vote. And I'm like, I, I don't get need it. To talk about a black agenda. I need him to be Donald Trump in November. That's what I need. But people aren't off. looking at it. People are people aren't looking at it that way. People are just like, no, we're not just gonna hand over our vote. And I'm like, I think first and foremost, we gotta get Trump out of the White House. That's like, right. That's that is we'll, And we we'll can't have a black agenda unless, unless he gets elected. And I think someone said that, and I heard that, you know, sentiment. And I was like, exactly. You keep asking about this black agenda. Yeah, yeah. He need to know where our vote is and how powerful and where we put him at so that we can go back and start talking about what we need. But we do need him to get in the office because if you're going to talk about two devils, which one is the lesser, we already know what that is. Right. Exactly. All right. So I got a question. How else can we make a difference in your opinion? So I know we're all, we're out there, we're protesting and things of that nature, but what else do we need to be doing in order to prevent this from happening again? Um, I think we have to be open-minded. I think we have to start dialogue because I think a lot of times people base their perspectives um off their experiences. So if, like I said earlier, prior to Saturday, I didn't really have a physical altercation with a police officer, even though I'm 6'4", with dreadlocks and a beard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, it never happened to me. Maybe I never put myself in that situation, but I never experienced it firsthand. I've covered it over and over again. I've been in communities that suffer from it over and over again. So it's just very rudimentary for me. Like, Creating the conversation and starting the dialogue is what I think will get the buzz started that we need. Because at this moment, with the disorganization and people just doing what they feel is right, we're not going to get anything accomplished. And we're already, as far as Minneapolis is concerned, this is like day seven or eight we're going into, right? And it's only day three for everyone else. So, I mean, yeah, we got we got to start talking. Whatever the conversations are, the topics. It's a plethora of topics that we could discuss. And I could be here all day with you, literally. But until we, like Kay said, not shoot down what somebody else is doing and be understanding from the perspective that they're come from, like the capitalist system is extremely bad. And we're the ones that suffer from it the most, along with poor whites. So if I'm in a low income community and I don't really have much for myself and I see all this stuff going around me, Guess what? I'm going to be an opportunist. I'm just letting you know I don't come from that. But if I did, that's exactly what I would do. So when me and my girlfriend were standing on uh, 18th and Walnut, we're literally standing there and everybody, black, 
why don't matter is running up in all these stores and pulling everything out. It was even a mm-hmm. brother who went in Old Navy, got the whole rack, dragged the whole rack outside oh like this and was like, y'all just have at it. Then he set off fireworks. I was like, whoa, like mm-hmm. what's going on? And I'm just down there with my with my phone going live. Like I'm here to document because I'm trying to see if what we're doing is really going to create the change that we need, like you said. That you, is the number one question, is it? Like, do you think like that but, way- Right. It should just say it so that it doesn't happen again. It's been happening since we've been out there. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah, been since we've been out there. So I don't know. It's it's a tricky question. I sure, don't. I think it, I think they need more examples though. Yeah. Hear you know for the for everybody, right? I agree. For me, Suge, I think it's not going to stop until we get some examples. And when I say examples, it's these police officers that actually get sentenced. Like, yeah. you know, we done started Absolutely. getting charges, right? Like, should right. we done made a little progress. <laughs> we right. at least... Some, well, a it's, little. It's a they little. Mark, and when they do the same degree. thing a civilian does, they're going to be charged the same way as a civilian. Yes. And I think only when that happens... Do we see the change? Because now it's going to be like, oh, I'm not that protected. I'm not, I'm no longer able to just do things. And I saw another great sign of don't become a police officer. Oh, shoot, I think you said that. I don't know. Someone said that. If you're scared, like stop, stop signing up for the job. Everybody has a part to play in life. Right. If you are afraid. Oh, I posted that picture. That was yeah, you. Okay, I'm like, somebody okay. said that. It was perfect. Yeah. It was yeah. absolutely if perfect. Serious, you don't need to be a police officer. Nobody told you to do that. Nobody. Everybody got a part to play. So if anything, I can say at this point, everybody has a part to play, but we all need to be supporting the other part, especially if it's organized. If the shit ain't organized, call that shit out and say it's not organized, but we're going to do that behind closed doors. We're going to do that out there and let everybody else see the No, door. But yeah, like we were saying, in order for change to really be effective and take place we do need we need white people to join us and be on the front lines like we need people who are out there protesting we need them on the front lines because the police are a lot less likely to attack them than they are us exactly so i saw um i have seen instances of that where you know there are white people who are forming like blockades to make sure that the people who are actually out there protesting will be protected because we really do want it to be peaceful. Like I don't agree with violence or anything of that. I don't agree with that at all, but you know, there, like we were saying, there are people are out here who are trying to sabotage Mm -hmm. the movement because they're trying to perpetuate like the story of black people are violent or that we're just out here, it's not organized, and that's not really the case. So we have to do a better job at strategizing this whole thing. I have found slight pleasure in watching some of the officers get hit. I'm just going to be really honest with you. <laughs> I'm going to admit but, that right now. But however, however, in the back of my head, I'm like, man, that's going to make them even more scared. And they're going to want to yes. pull out their guns even faster yes. because they done got exactly. hit. And that PTSD is a, is a real thing, right? Yes. So at the and same time, I'm like, yeah. like I'm finding pleasure, yeah. but the, right. the, the repercussions. And I think one of the things I was, uh, you know, why our other guests from Minneapolis was going to be so dope was the fact that, you know, when this first started, when this, when, you know, Mr. Floyd was killed, he had me on FaceTime. I'm seeing the first protest. Mm. That crowd was white. White is white. Okay. But I mean, and think about it. Minneapolis is white. So let's let's say that. Yeah, that's true too. You know, he, yeah, he like to say it's a diverse city, though. He like to say it's a diverse city. <laughs> no. I'm just saying, no. I told him I wanted to see the black people. He showed me one day on FaceTime. Okay. But the point is diverse, but it's only seven percent black. They must have some other diversity there. But where that happened. It was in a black neighborhood, black, of black neighborhood, right? It was in a black. It was in the hood. You it's called it the Saint, hood. It's in St. Right. Paul, right? Yeah. Which Saint is still Paul. black yeah. side of town. And y'all know the mayor is a FAMU Fam graduate. You. I did not. Yes, know. yes, he's a brother. He he's from FAMU, and we were all kind of mayor of St. Paul, Minnesota. He's bathing in. Oh, he's oh he's an alpha. Oh, he's an alpha. So yeah, I just yeah. you know. We saw, we know that they're out there. I just don't like them to be considered no white saviors. You know, I just told y'all that earlier. But anyway. I I completely um, agree with that. I completely agree with that. And just when I was talking to KB earlier, when I first arrived at 52nd and Arch Street, there was a young white girl out there and she was extremely vocal towards these police. I mean, some of the things that she was saying was, 
Why are you out here murdering these people? They're just trying to live. Why are you mm-hmm. in their communities anyway? Why are y'all policing their communities mm-hmm. more than our communities? I mean, yeah. in and everything that she was saying was a valid point. So I'm like, right. go ahead, sister, do your thing. Now, she was actually one of the individuals that was stepping to the woman in the blue that I was telling y'all about earlier. She's on there as well. And I was just like, sis, just relax, calm down. And then she was attacking another uh, black girl and the, the white girl kind of fell back. But the black allies are extremely important because... Another instance, when I was in Center City, there were individuals yelling out to, you know, form a line. But when everyone started to form a line, they told the white people that were out there to get in the front so that the police would take it easier on the entire crowd because those individuals were on the front line, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's that's what I heard happen in my hometown of Greenville over the weekend. Like there was a line of white protesters who were standing in between the line of black protesters and the police Mm -hmm. officer. And I think that's, and that's what we were saying where white people have to take their blinders off and see what we see and finally acknowledge that and help us to one, get these lawmakers out of office. Yes. And number two, start changing these laws. Going back to what you were saying earlier, KB, like it's a, it's a total process. Like we can't just focus Mm -hmm. on one thing. We have to do multiple to start to change and dismantle the system. Like pieces of a puzzle. Mm-hmm. The puzzle is not complete until all the pieces are together. And who exactly. knew even, like, you know, let's, you know, I know this wasn't the whole topic, but let's talk about the Karen in the New York Park. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can file these, you know, false police reports false in, in some places. Yeah. And I didn't know, that. I've learned that for, through you guys, um, you know, Ellen Shug. I didn't know that it wasn't a law everywhere that they, they didn't have to get arrested. A That's crazy report, as hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy yeah, as hell to me. Of course. So technically, but, so the one thing I will say about whatever her name, Cooper, in New Amy York, Cooper, I think Amy it is. Cooper. Amy, right? Yes, Amy. Girl, I don't care about that whole name. <laughs> Karen, <laughs> call that whole Karen. I heard that. Listen, Linda. So the first thing is she did not file a police report. She made a phone call. She didn't make an official report because by the time the police got to Central Park, they, they had gone. and Christian Cooper were gone, so she okay. didn't make an actual report. She made a phone call. Gotcha. The second thing is now that's that not a that's not a false report, though. I mean, no, no because she didn't make it. She just she just called, but she still yeah. said a death. Tra- that that was a death now, sentence. Now, what I will say is that there should be a law where making a false nine one one call is illegal. Are there some type of ramifications? That's so they're working the on that now. Like you can't yeah. just call 911 arbitrarily because honestly, somebody calling 911 arbitrarily for no good goddamn reason is what got John Crawford killed in Ohio and Walmart. But don't get me started on that because I, yeah. So, in any event, going back to Amy Cooper, the first issue is, is that she called 911. Number two, that video I did watch and to listen to her and her hysteria. And she started off by saying, well, I'm going to call the police and tell them that a black man is attacking me, that an African-American is attacking me. Right. Now, mind you, while he is videoing her, you see her standing there by herself, choking her damn dog Mm -hmm. and her her voice getting higher and her pitch getting higher and higher like somebody really is attacking her. I mean, in in total distress. In distress. Wait, wait. But here's the thing about that. So the reaction to that video, the first thing that happened, it wasn't that, you know, she got fired or anything like that. The first thing that happened, they took her fucking dog. Mm -hmm. So the dog has more more rights than us. We know that. We know that. That's not new. Come on, Sean. And somebody posted on Twitter that Michael Vick served more jail time for them damn dogs. Absolutely. Man, don't get me started on Mike Vick shit. I don't get me started. I get mad every time. I know you know about the uh, the brother officer that shot the white chick that walked up to his vehicle. Yeah, he's in jail. And he's in jail. He got sent to jail with the quick the quick little book at him. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead in there, bro. Give me that bad gun back. Yeah, give me that bad gun back. Fact that black people don't do crimes, like we know, black people do crimes. Everybody do crime. Everybody does. Yeah. Right. Everybody commits. People from all walks of life commit a crime. The issue is, is that these people are not held accountable for their actions the same way. That's exactly. the issue. That's the issue. Right. And I know, Shug, you were going to br- bring up that law that they are working on. I saw that around yeah. the false yeah. you know, police calls, and especially if they see that it's mm-hmm. a racial 
like tension right. behind it's your goal. It's going to be considered a hate crime. And yeah. I wanted to. I Let's it. do it. Exactly. Because all of Peggy's and all of that at the pools and the parks, all of them calls, I want them all. I want them all. I want them all. Because I want you to think, so, see, consequences got to follow your actions. Right. Exactly. Like we were talking about earlier, should if they start going to jail, them calls mm-hmm. will start ceasing. They're going to start low. Right. It's going to be one yep. or two going to try it. You know, it's going to be one yep. or two cops. For some reason, y'all, everybody got their phones on. Why the police officers still trying to whoop ass and think that they... Because they know they're going to get away with what it. Keisha Lance Bottom did in the ATL with firing them two cops. Oh, my that, God. That tased them students. Did you see the video? And that's what I mean by it's but still But everybody occurring. got their phones on, but y'all think y'all are invincible. Y'all they think you really are invincible. these kids in the car... Put the car in park, and then they bust the window and tase this brother. They had the young lady on the ground like this. When she got up, she was like this. She had no idea what's going on. She was like, what are y'all doing? I mean- They said right. after curfew, but they they were stuck in traffic. So what did you want right. them to do? Thank you. And but then guess what? Of, that's that's why we need mayors like Keisha, right? To be in office because the, her and the police chief worked together to decide that, quickly, that those two officers should go. Yeah, quickly. Right, so because that's that the that's the benefit of voting. So if anybody yeah. needs to, to see an example, these judges, yeah, you guys have voting power. These people, fuck the, the damn presidency. We need you. to be worried about these these on the ground fuckers. Like it's, this is where the, the heat is. Your local government is the most important. More, the most yes. important, yes. and yes. they the hold the positions important. the longest. Yeah, thank you. And some of them yes. we just put back in office over and over again. No, yeah, I mean, they like mm-hmm. 70, 60, 50. That's why the world is still the way it is because these old white men are still in office. Thank you. That's why. Yeah, there's, a, there's a guy challenging Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. What is that boy's name? I know oh, the black is. guy. I know who the you're talking guy. about. Yes. yes. I can't remember his name. I'm so upset. I'm we, need it, to don- we need to donate to his campaign, too, because he has a real shot at winning that election. Please tell me who you're talking Yeah, tell us the information. Let's post it. We'll get it. We'll post it. And you guys, okay. like, support it. Did you see my live yesterday with the young lady? Well, not the young lady, but the older lady in the blue? Um, I saw somebody say she had a mental... Y'all thought she might have had a yeah. mental issue. So, like, guys, I don't know if you saw that. I'll give you my handle at the end. Yesterday was a lot. She took me there because once again I went out there. I'm just here. You I'm were so here. you were so nice. So you kept calling the sister. I was <laughs> extremely nice. I, I never called her out her name. I was saying sis. I was. I think I was saying. Sis. <laughs> she was like, look. She like. She was like, y'all need to go home because I'm a police chief and I ain't on y'all side. I'm on their side. Listen. Wait. About what? Said, you know, it's still it's still on my page right now. L. Nothing about her said police chief. I then she said, she said she said I'm a lawyer. She said I'm a lawyer. I said lawyer. You a prosecutor? She said no. I do international law. Wait. What? Then I said, look so, at your chain. She had like bling bling dollar sign chain on. I said, man, look at your chain. You got stains on your dress. You got crusty toes out. I said, man, look. I don't care what occupation you have or who you with. Can you just leave and go home? So it got to a point where another woman got agitated by her and her daughter stepped to her. So her Uh daughter swung on her. When oh, that happened, the officer sprayed mace. Guys, this is all on my on my IG. I didn't uh, notice that. I just heard you telling her, like, just chill. It's okay. Yeah. Like, ignore her. I heard you trying to defuse it. The woman's daughter got sprayed with mace. It is all oh. on my live. Oh, and I recorded Lord. it. And then the woman was extremely upset. So she said, oh, no, not my daughter. Not my daughter. So she started charging at the police. A couple brothers had mm. to intervene and calm her down. So she went home. I guess they put the milk and the water on and she came back out, but her eyes were extremely red. But I was like, you go, you're all right? She was like, yeah, we good, we good. So, oh, yeah, it's just, yeah. once again, like- casualties, was, right? Like, like, And we already heard about someone passing away in another city, like got killed by the police. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I know in every war is casualties. That's why, you know, I saw, what state was that? What city was that? I want to say some, oh, was it some part of New Jersey? Oh, where Malcolm X uh, killer came from? What, Newark. what city? Newark. Newark. Yeah. They, they out there doing the, the Cuban shuffle. Oh, wait, I, what? I saw Uh-oh. that. Y'all I just saw that? Wait, yes, what? Yo, when it somebody looked like said, Tallahassee at first, and I was like, wait a minute, but they said mm-hmm. it was uh, Jersey. So they said that, well, somebody else said in the comments, I, I died. This the same place where they let the killer of Malcolm X walk around freely. So what y'all think? I said, facts. Like, facts. you know, like, right. what else you going to <laughs> Right? And I think Camden, New Jersey did a good job because those officers actually walked with the people. 
So that's why I think that protest, you know, uh, came out to be a positive one and nothing, right. no, you know, incidents or anything. Right. I think, you know, we taking a lesson out of this. I just uh, really, I want the media and, you know, to hear you have a, you know, an opportunity to do this, but I really want the media to show these ones that are infiltrating mm-hmm. these protests, who they are. You know, mm-hmm. I know that maybe some of us are doing it too. I'm not going to act like we're not. I heard about West Philly got lit up today and I'm so upset by that because that grocery store chain that they messed up, yeah. Delta Sigma Theta goes into that grocery store every year for World AIDS Day. That grocery store chain, Brown Family Shop, uh, right? Yeah. They sit up there and employ ex-cons that come oh, out yes. of the jails. Yes. So yes. for you to mess that up, mm-hmm. where our people, if y'all walk in any brown shot right in Philadelphia, you will see, see us. A, nothing but us in there. Okay, mm-hmm. working. Southwest, they got attitudes out this world. Philly, everywhere. Everywhere. Exactly, everywhere. They got attitudes out this world. However. They do, they do. They do. <laughs> it's the worst service ever. <laughs> However. I know that they are employing ex-cons, people with issues, people trying to get on their feet. Like he has a program set up. He has an actual program set up. Mm -hmm. They working with churches. So for somebody to go in there and light that store up the way they did, I'm pissed by it. I really am. I really am like, and that's why I guess Killer Mike's where I don't know um, to hear if you saw it, but uh, you know, Killer Mike's words was so important to me. Like, let's not mess up our own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. If we're going to do this, you do it the right way. So again, I agree. We got a plan. We got to organize. We got to strategize. We got to do all of that. Um, And I just want you to be safe. Listen, we want to check back in with you. Of course. Um, as this is going, we're kind of on a quarantine break. Ain't no kind of a quarantine break. We are on a break. We <laughs> came back to this. I was we about to say, I'm glad you came out the break. Yes, we came out the break. We saw the footage. Um, you, you know, guys, we said we were going to have another guest that's actually, you know, there in Minneapolis. Um, I just got a text. He's like, I can't join. He's been protesting all day. So, you know, we have to do this again at some point and get him on the line. Um, you know, we had to bring Tahir off of the streets. <laughs> he was saying, you know, it was hard to come out. So thank you, Tahir, for coming off of the streets, coming in to talk to us. I mean, we trying to spread the message. Y'all voting primaries are happening right now. You're seeing yes. yes. playing with us. Ballot. Right. I'm voting in I mail mine in. Yep. Some people can get the mail in ballot and drop it off. Send it in. Yeah, I got send it. But you can drop it off. Hey, you know, yeah, you can take it there and drop it off. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's different ways. Just make sure you are at those polls. Everybody got a role to play. Let's play our role and support the other roles. I agree. Amen. So to hear, thank you so much for joining us again. And please let our listeners know where we can find you on social media. Of course. So once again, on all social media platforms, my name is Tahir Asad. First name Tahir, T-A-H-I-R. Last name Asad, A-S-A-D. My email is thevirtuouslion at gmail.com. That is for my freelance production company, Virtuous Lion Productions. And my handles on Twitter and Instagram are also the Virtuous Lion. T-H-E-V-I-R-T-U-O-U-S-L-I-O-N. The Virtuous Lion. Awesome. So y'all follow him. Um, I've been following him for some years now, I guess. Definitely follow him. The footage. I mean, listen, uh, what you going to do with this footage? What we going to do? Like, I I can foresee people getting together and putting together a hell of a documentary, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So actually, one of my, well, she's in the eighth grade. She's going to high school now. Um, from Richard Island Preparatory Charter School in Southwest Philadelphia. She's been watching my lives along with a lot of my students from my old school and the school that I currently work at now. They're telling me, be safe. They're like, Mr. Mr. Lee, you're the GOAT. They're just going in. So with all that being said, I'm definitely going to put together something in the long run. Awesome. We'll be here, man. When you do that, let us know because we want to bring you back and pull up that, you know. Yeah, talk. we want to support that. Yeah, of course. Sure. And possibly a photo book with all the pictures that I have. Why not? Why not? Oh, and yeah, I, I'll send exactly. you some from Minneapolis. I would love that. I would love that. He, he's been sending me pictures. Um, our other guests that we were going to have on, and we're going to get them on. We're going to get them on somehow. We're going to get them on the street, Lord. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he feels like his work. And I mean, he, this guy, you know, and I was telling to here before we started, he actually knows the store owner where this happened at. You know, he tried to give me a reason. I, that's why we wanted him on here, right? Because we can get, 
you know, the story like from the city. But I mean, like you said, everybody has experienced this in some form or fashion. Um, you know, we have a historical situation here in Philadelphia some years ago as a, a standoff between the police and some and a group of people. And I remember learning about that, yep. you know, probably like a couple of years ago. Likewise. And I'm from the city. I okay. never knew anything about move. But oh. when I did, I drove past Osage almost every day. And it just it was such an eerie feeling wow. that, the, that the mayor at the time of the city was was Wilson Good. And he allowed it to happen and they dropped a bomb on them and only certain mm-hmm. people made it out. And now Ramona is having health issues because of that. I mean, this has been going on since the beginning of time. In every city, <laughs> every state. This is nothing new. But nothing new. listen, we know that God is greater and yeah. something good is going to come out of this. And we need another know. Black Wall Street, though. We do need another Black Wall Street. No, we need another. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's the I know going to pipe in on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yep. We definitely Jay, do. The black-owned bank in Baltimore. I'm looking at a couple. I think it's what One United. I think they're yeah, they national. Yeah, they yeah. Um, there's Harbor Bank here in Baltimore, and then also you know FAMU Credit Union. Credit we got our own credit union. Like so, there there's well, a number I, of black banks. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with One United just because they're. I think they're mainly an online bank. They have a couple of brick and mortar um, mortar shops, but it's mainly online. So, yeah, I plan on doing that before the the end of the week. Okay. Yeah, they they trashed the uh, the Wells Fargo down there. I was like, wow, this is my bank. I'm kind of happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bank too, but I, you know, I don't care nothing about them. <laughs> uh, me too. Y'all just hold it for me. I take it out. Y'all just hold it. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. But now nah, this was this was dope. Uh, again, listeners, follow to here on social media handles. I mean, Instagram, his his videos are awesome. I'm watching like, oh, wait a minute. And then you got the meat meal playing in the back. I said, oh, he's so Philly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was. It was dope. But no, I, again. I just add two cents yeah. real quick, KB, K- mm-hmm. and I'm done. I had wrote down infiltration. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful of infiltration. All right. Mm-hmm. With Along with the allies, we have to be careful. So. In order to prevent that, kind of like when COINTELPRO was enacted with J. Edgar Hoover and all of that stuff, it has to be a screening process, right? And that screening process has to, I guess, be a criteria. Do you fit this criteria? If not, you ain't down with us, basically is what I'm trying to say, right? Mm-hmm. So when I say all skin folk ain't kin folk, it's yeah, a lot yeah. of people out there, no matter what we say, no matter what side we on, they love the man. They Uncle mm-hmm. Tom, they a coon, they whatever word you want to give them, right? That's L's favorite little word. She said yeah, that with another listen, episode. That's what I So I teach African-American history. Oh, I teach and, I teach history. What's up? We can talk. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So listen, I, like that is what I told my students all semester. Your skin folk ain't your kin folk. Wait, and they, wait. Tahir, here, you reeled that out in the video, by the way. I heard you. You kept saying it in the video. I did. I did. I did. I did. Oh, okay. Oh, Tahir did. And then also, the other thing is when we talk about COINTELPRO, when we talk about the Black Panthers, you had to go through a screening process before you joined the Panther Party. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Because they was tight. They was tight. But I watched the videos of the actual brother that did the infiltrating, that snitched and like that collapsed Mm -hmm. the entire organization. That's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So you can see it. We just got to be careful with the way we move. We can't be so open about the moves that we're going to yes, make. That's another that we thing. accept we anybody. have to go offline. you got to go mm-hmm. offline with this stuff because everything is uh, tapped. Another thing, with the looting, some states have been saying that people are coming from different states and then going there to mess up the city and then yep. traveling back. Yep. So what they've done in order to limit that is they're doing contact, uh, what's it called? Uh, contact tracing. The mm-hmm. same thing that they were doing with the coronavirus. With corona. They're essentially doing with the corona? movement and the riot. And the right. Right. No, it's, it's still there. It's they just like it's taking not. a back seat. Oh, no, you'll see in two weeks. In two weeks? Yes. It's going to spike. It's going to hit again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Unity, though. Unity. At the end of the day, I want unity yeah. for our people. Yeah. Honest to God. That's that's essentially what I want. I want unity, life, peace. Like, peace. I just want to live. I just want to live. Yeah. I just want right. to live. Can I just be like, can I just feel free to, to have my hair be nappy and to not have somebody look at me and assume that I'm a welfare queen or I'm from the hood or can I just walk in the park without having to worry about 
if I do something that somebody else sees as a threat that I, I might end up dead. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, why do I have to worry about my male family members every time they walk out the door? Could that be the last time that I see them? Right. Like white people don't understand that, and I need they don't, them to that's understand. That's not their reality. That. They don't that's have to they have to have the talk with their children like we do, like my mother <laughs> and my father did. They don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, one last little nugget. So Mike Brown, right? After all that stuff was over in Ferguson with the Mike Brown case, they had multiple individuals that were brothers that had locks that ended up dead and burnt cars. Did y'all mm-hmm. hear? No, yes, I, didn't I heard about that. Yeah, listen to me. It was a listen lot of them. Listen to me. The stuff that we're doing out here is very serious, okay? It's very serious, and everyone has a, pl- a part to play. But when you when you get a voice and your voice becomes too big, they find a way to take you out, as they did all the great leaders before, okay? Yep. But you don't even have to be a leader, a leader in today's day and age because social media tells everything. So if they want to find you and they want to get rid of you, they will. They so will. move cautious. This is for the people who are out there on the front lines, the leaders, the organizers, everyone. Just be careful of how you move because we have to cherish our life because that's the most important thing, like Suge said, all right? Because those brothers, they were just vocal during the protest and they lost their life for being associated with it. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? So when I'm out there and I'm putting my face on stuff and I'm not covered except for my mask to make sure I don't get sick, this is the type of sacrifice that I'm making, which is why I'm not using the full and I'm just going by the half. But it's like, I can't give more information than what the people will have to work for. I'm going to make you have to find me. I'm going to make you work for this. It ain't going to come easy. I got the 20 gauge upstairs. I got a 40. Like we have to have firearms to protect ourselves because at the end of the day, we're about to be living in martial law probably by the end of the week. And these mm-hmm. National Guard people not playing. If you look down City Hall, they are not playing. And they're standing behind the police officers and they are not playing. So we have to protect ourselves one way or another. I know Shook said she wasn't for violence, but like Malcolm said, by any means necessary. And I'm just trying to protect me and mine. Um, all right. We got to bring you back on, man. Brother, we got yeah. to bring you back on. Got to. But thank you again for coming out, man. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. All right. Don't forget to listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. Connect with us on social media at The Noir Files on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Fem Noir Files. Bye!